people in Jesus' name during COVID, why there's bread lines every day, why there's lines to buy a bag of chicken, why there's food shortages and medicine shortages, and the country is struggling, and it's, it's very difficult, very, very, very difficult in Cuba right now. And I didn't just go there as a missionary to go check out some events and preach and do some stuff there. I, I, I lived in Cuba for six months right beside them. I learned how to do a few things their way. <laughs> Amen. But I don't want to talk about that all night. Let's, let's watch these videos. You're going to see some of the churches. You're going to see some faces. You're going to see some people. And then we're going to, go to, we're going to read a scripture. I'm going to share some things with us tonight about uh, Cuba, some testimonies, and then we're going to pray. Is that all right? Is that, is that all right? Let's, let's do that. I don't want to rush through everything 100 miles an hour, but I don't want to take all night either. It's a beautiful photo. Who got that photo? If you could hear me, this, this is a brand new area we've never been to before in La Isla de la Juventud, another province in Cuba that had no apostolic churches in the entire island. And that was the very first apostolic church in that island. We, I baptized that pastor and his family and those, those people. in communication. They're still with us. They're still they're going strong. They're good. We had several baptisms that day. to a country church right here in this short video. Let me know God loves country churches. <laughs> All over the world, there's some country churches. Training, Bible College. The 
this is where a lot of the offerings from the United States have gone to build up a lot of these facilities so we could do these conferences. The pastor of this church, I'm going to go ahead and tell it while I'm thinking about it, came from a dirt floor home. And he started his church in a tiny, tiny little structure that had palm branches for the roof. And that's where the church is today. That's the sanctuary. young man he's a he was a Korean missionary came from to Cuba as a Korean missionary and we baptized him in Jesus name he came with a group of ecumenicals to Cuba we, this was during one of our conferences this is we, we had I don't remember the number but we baptized a few people that day in the, in the conference turn the lights back on. Praise God. Thank you so much for letting, letting us watch these videos. I hope and pray that, that you remember what you saw. But uh, I want to read a passage of scripture. You don't need to stand. Uh, everyone's been seated for a while. But I want to read a passage of scripture and then uh, we're going to go from there. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to share a little bit more with us tonight. I, I really feel like it's worth it right now. If you'll help me. How many willing to help me just for a few minutes? Amen. Amen. 
Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 3 and 1, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. And I want to say to this church tonight, pray for us. That's all I want to ask you to do tonight is pray for us. Pray for us and what we're doing in the nation of Cuba. Pray for me. I need it desperately. Pray for the pastors in Cuba. Pray for the other pastors, American pastors and other missionaries who have gone with us and helped us and several who are also still willing and ready to go right now and help us and continue to help us. Pray for us. We need it. A mountain climber scaling a, an alpine summit finds himself tied by a strong rope to his guide. And just help me for just a moment. I'm going to do this. He is tied by a rope to his guide and to three other climbers. They're going up this vertical facing. And he cannot help but pray, Lord, please help my feet from slipping. The only proper prayer in such a case is, Lord, hold up all of our feet in a safe path, for if one of us slips, all of us may die. Because the fact of the matter is he's going up with others. He's following someone, and he's got others following him, and, and, he, and, and, and he's got to remember he's got to stay connected. And I want to stay connected tonight. I don't know you, but I believe you know how to pray. I know your pastor prays. I know your bishop prays. I know there's people in this church that pray. And if there's anything I can do tonight after you've seen a little bit of the churches in Cuba, you've heard a little bit about how things got started and what's happening, is somehow connect you with the work so that you can pray. All of us are linked up together. We need to bind together and pray. The success of a missionary work is dependent on prayer. The prayers of the missionary and the prayers of the people who send the missionary. Before leaving for India, missionary William Carey famously told his friend Andrew Fuller, I will go down into the pit if you will hold the ropes. Fuller held the ropes by serving as the president of a mission society. He traveled over the British Isles raising funds and preaching missions-related sermons and praying for the missionary so that that missionary could concentrate on his ministry and his mission field. But he had somebody holding the ropes. He had somebody propping him up. He had somebody holding on to him, whether it be financially, whether it be through prayer, whether it be through teaching and helping, going, advocating, whatever it may be. It helped that missionary and those other missionaries to do what they were doing. What we're doing depends on prayer. And I, I know this is nothing new tonight. I'm, I took a basic concept, basic topic, and I want to tie it into what we do in missions. Because everything that we do is tied to prayer. And nothing can escape it or it's not from God. Everything good that I've seen accomplished in, in, in my own life, and I know in yours too, it's come because you were praying, your parents were praying, your church was praying, somebody was praying for you, and God got involved. We've baptized young and old in Cuba in Jesus' name because somebody was praying. 
I, I remember personally baptizing an elderly man. He must have been 80 or 85 years of age. He was so old. <laughs> it's okay to say that, right? He was old. Yeah, I mean, I mean he, could be, he was old. <laughs> he couldn't get into the water by himself. He had help breathing. He had tubes to his nose. He was old. But he had heard for the first time in his life that you've got to repent and be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins and receive the Holy Ghost. And he said, I want to be baptized in water in Jesus' name. He was healed in that water too. I'll never forget that moment, never. We're probably 30, 20, 30 feet off the sand. We're in the ocean. They helped this man get out to, to where we're deep enough to baptize we baptized him in the ocean in Jesus' name, but he came out struggling with help. And he looked at me when we were ready to baptize him. He said, God's going to heal me. I believe it. He believed because of his obedience to baptism, God was going to heal him. He had breathing problems. When he came up out of the water, I was right beside him and another pastor on the other side. He took a deep breath. He didn't say anything. He started to take a deep breath. And he shouted after he took that breath that God had healed him. That he had, was able to breathe all the way down to get full lungs, full of air. Because he couldn't do that before. And he walked out of that water without help. <laughs> God is a miracle worker. In that church that you saw on the video... In Elcano, in, in Havana, the, the, that's because of prayer. That pastor believes in prayer. They have 24-hour prayer shifts at that church. Their ministry gets up and prays at 6 a.m. at that church. They have had growth from the time we went there in 2006 and 7 and 8, where we were gathering with 25, 35 people maybe, to what you saw in that video. And that, that doesn't always... Uh, that doesn't really show the growth because at times they'll have 150 or plus kids just in Sunday school. But they've done that through prayer, a lot of work, but a lot of prayer. It's a praying church, and you can feel it in the services. They have altar service before the preaching, and they have altar services after the preaching. You just feel something different in that church. And I asked that pastor about prayer because he's, 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 he knows it. He's done it. He said, we pray because it's right. It is God's way. We cannot sidestep prayer and think we can do anything for the Lord. Prayer is first. This is what he told me. I'm quoting him exactly. The vision of God comes to us in prayer. We fulfill the vision as long as we continue to cover all our decisions and our actions in prayer. Amen. Jesus said, pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. We need praying people. And I love worship. And I don't want to talk negatively about anything we do in the kingdom. And I love praise and worship and singing. I'm not good at it. It's not my place. But I love it. It's awesome. I love what we do in the kingdom of God. I love education. I love teaching. I love materials, getting materials in people's hands. But what we need is prayer before all of it. Prayer 
We need churches to pray, sending forth laborers into his harvest. We've got conferences we've had in the past, and it's because of prayer that we've had these conferences. We, 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 we ask everyone to prepare in prayer. We ask everyone going to prepare in prayer. Before we uh, start the services, there is much prayer. And I can tell you from experience, we've had an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We've had people receiving revelation about the oneness of God, who Jesus really is, because of prayer. I can't teach that into somebody. Jesus said that his father, our father, revealed it unto Peter when he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, No, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but our father, my father, which is in heaven, God gives revelation of who he is. And he's doing it across the island of Cuba because of prayer. We have grown tremendously. We have good conferences in a poor country. Material uh, poverty, material poverty. There's not a lot of money in Cuba. We're having good conferences there. We've got good music. We've got good musicians. We've got exciting things happening. We have people come to us. We have people from other groups come to us that we don't know. They want to know what we're about. They want to know about the, why we'll be baptizing differently because they know we're doing it differently. They want to know why do the people look differently because our people look differently. They want to know why are the women dressing differently. They don't wear makeup. They don't cut their hair. I'm just going to say it because this is what we're dealing with in Cuba. And, and, and it has gotten attention from one side of the island to the other. And they want to know why. They want to know who we are. And we, and we explain to Some of them want to go ahead and join immediately. But, but uh, we're not quite sure of their motives. <laughs> and we give them the articles of faith. Here's what we know and believe. Take it home. Pray about it. Don't make a decision unless you've prayed. Don't say you believe this unless you've really prayed and you really believe this. But we have been blessed, church. We have a church in Cuba that's really learned how to tap into God. Has learned, it wasn't there when we first went there. We didn't see it. But I can testify from my own eyes and ears and my experiences. we got churches that know how to tap into the Holy Ghost. Churches that know how to pray in the Spirit. People that know how to fast. People that are consecrating their lives. Services that are anointed. People that do receive the Holy Ghost in the services now. I've seen demons come out of people. I've seen people possessed by demons. There's a lot of witchcraft in Cuba. There's a lot of, lot of demonic stuff in Cuba. And it comes to the church. They attend the church too. And I'm sure they get away with it in a lot of churches around Cuba. But when they're in an apostolic church and we worship God in spirit and in truth and there's a move of God and that worship service continues a little longer than they expected and there's a little more anointing than they, they, they expected, there's something happening in that altar, there's something happening in that service, those demons will manifest. I've seen it many times and we've seen many people delivered from those spirits. God is a deliverer. I, I, I love Acts 2.38 and we preach it everywhere in every service. But that's not all there is. People need deliverance. People need a change of lifestyle. People need a conviction that moves them to the deepest part of their being. Till they can't deny that this is real. This is real. This isn't like other church. 
That's right. <laughs> Amen. That is right. It's right. It's right here. Así es en Cuba también. Porque no importa tu cultura, no importa qué idioma usted habla, el Espíritu Santo es real. No sé si alguien me entiende. Aleluya. ¿Alguien me entiende ahora? Gloria a Dios. Just a test. Just seeing who's out there. We, we have a Bible college in Cuba. And that was like fighting demons for a few years. Ah, not, maybe not demons, maybe just the flesh. Because we're dealing with people, our friends, our coworkers, our other, other people were dealing with stuff for, for several years. And we could not get a Bible college going. We could not get a stable, systematic, fluid way for teaching across the island, all the people, all the uh, churches. But we got it now. And that came through prayer. And I'm telling you, from my own experience, I got so discouraged, I wanted to quit. I wanted to get, I, I'm, I mean, I wanted to have a fight. I, want, I, I mean, I wanted to push back, get upset. Well, forget about this. You guys are just hurting yourself. You don't, you know, I'm, I need to calm down. But I, I was upset. I wanted to just quit. Forget it. Hours of time, prayer, planning, trying to put something together, organizing, presenting it, offering it, promising to stand by, behind it and get with, it, with them to do it and give it to them to do it. And still, it seemed like every time it just hit a brick wall. And I wanted to quit. But I had, it was just lessons. God's teaching. Go back and pray again. And I don't know all the reasons why. Because it might not have been them. It could have been me. Maybe I didn't have the right plan. I had to pray. Go back and pray again. Go and pray again. Now we have a Bible college, and we're going to put it online because we've been out of commission for a year and a half. No Bible school training, no conferences for a year and a half. People just on cruise control, just on hold. So we're putting all of that online so that they can access it in Cuba from their phones or their tablets. We have a printing press in Cuba. That became a thing that happened because of prayer. We were spending thousands of dollars to print books for our conferences and for training. And paying somebody in Havana that's not even in the church thousands of dollars. And through prayer, God revealed to us that we could be printing these books ourselves <laughs> if we would just pray and let God give us a solution. And he did. We were able to uh, conseguir, we were able to acquire, we were able to acquire commercial-sized printers. And the guys learned, young men in the church learned how to use commercial-sized printers and to make books and bind books. And now we print our own apostolic Because a lot of people have been praying, now is the time for Cuba. A lot of people in Cuba have been praying. I don't know if you understand how, how many years people have been hoping and waiting and hoping and waiting and hoping and waiting in a country that's just locked down and their streets closed down for over a decade. <laughs> Where they need to be teaching that Bible to young men. And they're not teaching. 
under enough weight to press it. It's like a, pot, a boiling pot on the stove. You've got to let the lid off too. You've got to let the steam off. And that's, I think, what, what some of the best prayers are. When people are just, have, have, are, they're just so built up with pressure, they, they need hope. They need a change. They need something new. They need to move forward. They need hope. And the prayers begin to change. The, 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 the spirit of the prayers and that passion of the prayers and the heart behind the prayer begins to change. And you get God's attention like that. John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray. Jesus taught his disciples to pray. And today our pastors and bishops, they're teaching us to pray. That's what God's people do. We pray. Jesus said we ought to pray and not to faint. In other words... Preacher, evangelist, missionary, don't quit and go home. <laughs> go pray. Because I can tell you from my experience, oh, how many times I wanted to quit. And even in this last year and a half, just quit. It's not worth it. There's other things to do. But I can't get away from prayer. It's part of being a Christian. If you're going to live for God, whether you're a missionary, a pastor, or whatever. And if I end up in prayer, guess what happens? I get that burden. And it stirs. Something stirs because of prayer. That's how I know, at least that's what I believe. I'm convinced that it's not of Nathaniel Houseman. I could go to Mexico, to Chile, to, to Belize, to, to uh, I don't know, South Carolina. That's up to the Lord. I mean, I just gonna wanna I just want to pray and get in the spirit and let him. Deal with me. And then open my eyes and say, okay, where is the open door? If you shut this door, then where's the open one? Because God will always provide an open door. There's nothing that can substitute for prayer. Nothing. God sent angels to stop the mouth of lions because of prayer. Enoch walked with God. I asked my son, what did that mean? He's nine years old. He talked about Enoch, walked with God. What did that mean? God is a spirit. He's invisible. God is invisible. You, you can't touch him. You can't grab his hand and walk with him. What does that mean? My nine-year-old son said, he prayed. He prayed. I didn't tell him to say that. I never taught him that before. Enoch prayed. And he was not, for God took him. He was a praying man. You know the bishop passed away in Havana in July? The leader of the churches there passed away from COVID. He was a man of God. Do you know that he had just finished a 40-day fast? That he'd never done that before in his life? A 40-day fast. In just a short time after that. He passed away, got sick from COVID. And I don't know how to explain that. I don't understand that. He, he's the leader. He's, he's the strong leader. He's the man every, that has the answers down there. And he's done so much for God over these last 10, 15 years. And then he, he prays and fasts and passes away from COVID. And I heard someone say recently, they, they referenced Enoch. That he walked with God and God took him. And I just thought about the bishop. 
I don't have to explain it. We don't have to understand it. He may have been so close with God, God went ahead and let him go on. I don't know. I'm just saying. He may have finished his course. Paul said, I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth. And it may have happened with our bishop. He did exactly what God called him to do. He finished his course. Him, with the help of missionaries and other pastors and leaders, with him as the leader, the Cuban leader, took the Cuban church to an entirely different level. And I don't believe it will ever go back. Amen. Moses talked with God face to face as a man talks to his friend. Jesus' life, his ministry, his miracles, it all revolved around his prayer life. I want to pray more. The apostle said, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. That's what this is all about. I am trying my best to get away from notes and iPads and all these other things and just rely on the Holy Ghost and prayer and study of the Word, but it's still difficult for me. <laughs> but I think that's why they, they just had to give themselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. First century apostolic revival did not happen by imitating the culture of the religious Jews or the culture of the Romans or the culture of the Greeks in the Mediterranean. Apostolic revival that they experienced that we read about in the book of Acts that we want so badly and we have access to. It didn't happen because of imitating anyone or repeating any kind of dynamic. It happened because of prayer. It happened because they came together, whether they were Jew or Gentile, Cuban, American, Filipino, Mexican, whatever nationality or culture. And everything in them rose above their culture. And the Holy Ghost in them carried them through prayer. And they prayed and miracles happened. They prayed and the apostles and, and, and ministers and evangelists preached the gospel. They prayed and God poured out his spirit. People were changed. Prayer puts us in direct contact with Jesus. Prayer opens up the lines of communication with a divine power. Prayer elevates our view of God. It builds our faith. It overcomes our flesh. If you've been struggling, you need to pray. And I've been there, and you've been there. If you've been struggling with your flesh, what's the answer? Pray. Pray. Spend some time in prayer. Go back. If you're still struggling, go pray again. Prayer. Jesus said the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. How are we going to overcome it? Prayer. Prayer. More prayer. Prayer puts our hearts on a high alert. Remember, Jesus said, watch and pray. Watch and pray. I love when I see men walking and praying. Or I see people praying. Sometimes I pray with my eyes open. I'm watching. I'm praying. I'm watching. I'm praying. I got my eyes open. If I lay hands on someone, I want to see what's going on. Especially in Cuba. Especially if I don't know who that is. <laughs> I don't know if they got the Holy Ghost for five years. or they. I mean, sometimes you just know, but sometimes you don't know. They've been in the church for a while, or they just came in off the street. Sometimes you don't know. You don't know who they are. The Bible said lay, no, lay hands on no man suddenly. Watch what you're doing. Prayer awakens our senses, stimulates our mind, and gives us hope. How many need hope today? 
We're in a world that's losing hope. A world that is losing hope. There's no hope in government. There's no hope in other people sometimes. There's no hope in, 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 in achievement. You could, you could achieve whatever you like to achieve, and, and something could happen in our life and cut us right down. Feel like we haven't even accomplished anything. We lose hope. Prayer begins to activate that hope again. That it's not over. Where there is breath, there is hope. Amen. Where there is breath, there is life, there is hope. If you're still living and breathing, you can pray. If you can pray, you can grab a hold of that eternal. And if you can get a hold of that eternal, you can get your eyes off of the, the temporal. And you begin to get hope all over again. Gossipers will never have enough time to pray. And praying people just don't have time to gossip. We need to pray. And I'm not preaching to Bakersfield. That, that's universal. Because trust me, those Cubanos, eh, los Cubanos les gusta el chisme. In the church too. They'll talk about you too. You could be in the church. They'll talk about you. You could be in the ministry. They'll talk about you. Gossip just has a way of, it knows no bounds or barriers, no cultural barrier, except for prayer. It's prayer, and it's a roadblock. You can't go any further beyond prayer. You can't gossip about somebody and be praying about them at the same time. It just hits a roadblock right there. It stops problems between ministers. It stops problems between people in the church. And I'm not talking to us tonight, I promise. I have to reiterate that. I am talking about things I know is going on in Cuba right now. I need to get off that. But I can't. There's a pastor in Havana just a couple weeks ago. He called another pastor in Havana. And I was involved in this. I didn't tell him what to do, but I, I was in the loop. I was in a loop. He called this other pastor. I didn't know what they were going to do. I didn't know if they were going to have a conference meeting or call in all the pastors in Havana or go to his house and have dinner. He called the man and said, what you're talking about is gossip. And you need to stop. And that was it. And it stopped. Because he prayed. He prayed and he had the authority to do it too. He, didn't just, he wasn't just anybody. He had the authority to, to call that man and say that. And it stopped. Prayer. Prayer puts us in the place we belong, church. We've all been in places we don't belong. Come on, if you're honest, you've been in places you don't belong. Not just physically. You didn't just go down and get into the, what do they call it here, the tavern, the saloon, the bar, the club. You didn't, I'm not talking about just physically. Up here, too, your mind's been in places it doesn't belong. Prayer gets you out of there, brings you back to a place, and you get in a place where you belong. You get in a place of prayer, and you get in Christ, and you get in an atmosphere. You get in a place where everything's going to work according to his will. What did Jesus say? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That's what we do in prayer. We're bringing down what's in heaven into the earth. We're bringing down what's in God's divine realm in eternity. In the throne room of God, we're bringing it down into our hearts. In earth as it is in heaven. 
Prayer never hurts us. It will always help us. Prayer will not divide the body. Prayer will always unite the body. I've dealt with some division in Cuba. I don't, I don't know about over here. I don't know Southern California. I know there's division around the world in different places at times. We're just flesh. People's flesh rise up. That's why we have to pray. That's why we have to pray. We had situations in Cuba some years ago. God's given revelation. God's adding churches to the, to, the, to the apostolic church of Cuba. He's adding entire groups at a time, pastors, ministers from other groups, new people, drug addicts, prostitutes. People are bringing their idols from their homes and, and, and consecrating themselves and, and burning their idols in front of the pastors. Good things are happening. And then we had some people cause trouble. Pastors. And I'm not, I'm not against the ministry. I love the ministry. I'm telling you, I'm testifying about what I've lived through with the Cuban people. And we didn't understand it. And we love them. And we love each and every one of them. We want to all be together. We want unity. But there were constant struggles. When I came home to the United States, people were asking me the needs. And I was just honest. We need more unity. We're having some troubles. We're having some issues. It's, it's not good. We, we might have something happen. Pray for unity. And I began to ask multiple churches to pray for unity among the Apostolic Church of Cuba. Pray for unity. Pray for unity. Pray for unity. We need to come together. You don't understand. We had people thinking very differently. We had, we had ten, 10 years of people coming from different walks of life. Now they're all under the same roof. They all think they know how to do it a certain way. And we're dealing with so much stuff. I said, pray for unity. Pray for unity. Finally, we had about eight or ten leaders get up and leave. And they were the ones that were causing the trouble. And we didn't have to do anything. God finally just had a moment. That was it. Unity came into the body of Christ. I can't explain to you. Did you see on that video how they were singing at the very end? Gracias, gracias. Eso, you know, I don't sing, but that was the unity that we felt when those men decided they were too good for us. And they left. And suddenly an anointing came across that conference. Suddenly everyone in that conference was united to everyone else. Suddenly, uh, the Bible said we should be clothed with humility. You've read that before? Suddenly that conference was clothed with humility. It had an entirely different feel. God filled people with the Holy Ghost. God healed people of physical sicknesses. And God brought unity among all the leaders because of prayer. Because of prayer. Let's all stand tonight. I don't want to take this too long. The fervent prayers of a righteous man. The fervent, fervent prayers. You can pray or you can really pray. There's a difference. When I pray for my food here, man, I pray quick. I get, it, I get it done. I'm ready to eat. We pray quick. Don't ever ask a Cuban to pray for your lunch. They're going to pray, and they're going to preach too probably. <laughs> but there's a difference when you really pray. When you really get into the spirit, you lock in.
things begin to happen that man can't accomplish. And that's why I'm here tonight, to ask you to please pray for us. Paul asked the churches to pray for him. He was not above asking for prayer. He could have just did his work, did his job, accepted offerings, assistance, workers and helpers. But wherever he went, he asked for prayer. In Romans 15, he said, I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. He was saying he wasn't going to do it by himself. He wasn't going to ask you to do something he wasn't doing. He's praying for himself. He's praying for the works. He's praying for others. But he's asking the church in Rome, the believers in Rome, please strive together and pray with me for me. I like how you kind of did that word play. And that word in the Greek, and I'm not going to get too weird right now, I promise. But that word comes from the same word, agonize that athletes used to compete in the games. They would agonize, agony. They would just put their bodies through agony to achieve something greater than other people could, to beat the other person, to win, to achieve, and they would agonize. It's the same word Jesus used when he says strive to enter in. Strike. Agonize. And Paul's saying strive with me. Strive together with me. Agonize with me. This isn't just, just a, a, a presentation or a couple videos. This is, this is about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink or mission videos, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. There are strongholds that need to come down. That's right. There's things that are coming against all of us, whether it's Cuba or Bakersfield, California. There's things we're up against, all of us right now. And how do we do this? We pray. We fast. We pray again. If we don't see the miracle, what do we do? We pray again. If we came to the altar and it didn't happen one time, what do we do? We go again. Didn't happen. Go again. Didn't happen. Go again. God told Elijah to pray. Go look out for the cloud, right? He went. He didn't see anything. He said, go again seven times. Go again. Pray again. I've been praying for my family for 21 years. And I'm not going to stop. I'm the only apostolic in my family, Pastor. I love apostolic church. I love this church. I love what I got when I was 20 years of age. I came to church on a church van, living in a halfway house, because I was in a whole world of trouble, a mess. I came to a church, an apostolic church, Pentecostal church, and I heard preaching like I'd never heard before, and I felt something I had never felt before. I know we've heard this before, but I'm going to say it because it's my turn. It's my testimony. I felt something I never felt before. And I've been in a lot of places, and I've done a lot of bad things and some good things. And I felt something I never felt before. And I saw men and women pray. And I came out of a Christian home. I came out of some kind of a church life. I don't know what kind of, whatever that was. 
But I saw people praying. And I thank God he's given me an opportunity to tell my testimony for, for, for a brief moment. I saw people praying in a way I'd never seen people pray before. I didn't know how to pray like that. I never saw my parents or others pray like that. It got a hold of me. I got kind of, a, I don't know if it's holy jealousy or what, but I was jealous. I thought I was all right. I, I need to get closer to God. They've got something I don't. And God just began to deal with me. You can get it. You can pray. You can draw close. You can have the Holy Ghost. I wrestled with that for months, whether I needed to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost or whether I was just saved because I believed and I confessed and I believed. I believed it, man. I did. I believed it. And I wrestled with it for months. Something happened because I kept going to the church and kept praying. I'm talking about prayer. I kept praying. And as I kept praying, God convinced me. The Spirit, the Word of God, the Holy Ghost convinced me. Yes, it's for you. And yes, you can get it. And when that blockage finally melted away out of my mind up here, it was up here. He got down here. And I became overwhelmed in a Sunday night church service. I was, I, I just didn't know what was happening. I just felt God's presence. And I was in the pew in the seat. The man was preaching. And it was hot. It was good. And by the, I felt, I started speaking something I didn't know. It just began to flow. You could have that too. Come on, come on, we're going to pray. We're going to pray, but I want Pastor to lead us in prayer. I've been praying for this service. I've been praying during this service. I've been praying while I've been speaking. Just God, help me. Let's help us tonight. I've been praying, but I want Pastor to lead us in prayer. Thank you. And please pray for us. Let's step out, step to the front here in conclusion of this service tonight. Amen. Move as close as you can up here. Don't block the aisles. Praise God. Praise God. For a few moments of time, at the conclusion of this service, let's pray for Cuba, but let's also pray for things that are happening here in Bakersfield, things that are going on in your life, amen, the work of God and the things of God. Praise God, praise God. Come on, come on, step, 